0: now and again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is a now and again B-side. And back with us today, our resident Tony Hawk expert to talk Tony Hawk's pro skater, Number two, Alien Over Hobos Boogaloo, Jarrett Brown. What's up, buddy? <laughs> oh,
1: God, that's actually a pretty good title for that one because that's a great reference to the first.
0: Uh, is, that in the, is that in the first one? I thought that. So, this is. I'll, to, to start, I'm glad we're doing this again. Um, great soundtrack. This is. I, I would say three is probably the lead. We'll, we'll complete the trilogy next year. Yeah, probably. With that one played this one the most recently. My roommate had a one of those Raspberry Pis, and he had this game on there, and I was playing it on and off during my study breaks, and um, man, it it is fantastic. Um, what are your memories of this game before I go into kind of talking about whether or not it held up and how it plays?
1: Uh, well, the one thing, and you are right about that, the Magic Bum is in... Venice is in this one. I wasn't sure I had to go double check it. But this one I do remember a lot of because of how much Mm -hmm. more advanced it was in the first. It the first one was just like, oh, we gotta get this out because Tony Hawk landed in the nine hundred, so we have to get it out pretty quick. But this one was a lot more polished and better Mm -hmm. I guess you could say in that way. Like you could do the manuals, you can do I think you can do reverts. I'm not entirely sure if that's this one or the next one. I haven't figured... I haven't had a chance to go watch some clips about it and see.
0: I don't know, but... Um, is that where you, like, hold on to the lip of the... of the, uh, like, the half pipe, or...?
1: Uh, that's stitching. A manual is when you're on the back or the front wheels of the board.
0: Yeah, that that is definitely in this game. What was the other move you mentioned?
1: Yeah. Revert, which is where you spin the board around. I don't remember. Oh. I don't know if it's this one or not. I don't yeah, remember. I, I wasn't
0: good enough at the game when I was playing it recently to... Uh, I did catch the manuals. The manuals are awesome because they um they let you do some, like, ridiculous like cartoony ass combos and that's really what the game was for like it embraced how goofy it was and
1: yeah um, and this is a little more serious in that sense too with that cuz the manual is a big uh street skate mm-hmm. trick that linked a lot of stuff so you had that now too which was a lot better like you could manual into a grind or manual out to get a combo
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: was actually better in that sense
0: yeah and where I actually I actually want to talk about once we once we get into a couple of certain songs how I think the addition of like more street style gameplay, and I know very little about skateboarding in of itself, but more uh, street style skate play. Like I feel like they kind of tweaked the um, the soundtrack even to um, to add to that um, that feeling. Um, but something that I did notice, and kind of, yeah, exactly what you said. It is it is just better. And this was a time when I feel like um, video game companies didn't fuck with what you know they, they didn't dance with someone else they danced with the girl that brought them and like you had mortal kombat street fighter this resident evil that made just like a great first game and they stuck with what worked and just made a strictly better version of that instead of you know throwing a million new things in there they kept the same engine it's that first game that everyone loved but better they didn't reinvent the wheel and that's why this game and a lot of sequels around this time are so goddamn good, straight up to the music being strictly better as well.
1: Oh, absolutely, 100%. That's the one thing, like, when I first played this years ago, it was just, I was just like, wow, this actually, they f- didn't break anything. Mm-hmm. They made it work, but made it better. And that actually helped this game a lot, too, because we're talking about the early 2000s, and there's a lot of games being um, released at this time. PS2 was just uh, still in its prime and everything, I th- or I think it was just just had come out and it was still it was just starting to become big. So there's a lot of push for new technology on it as well.
0: Yeah, this is this came out in September 2000, almost a year to the day after the first one. So even if they wanted to change the stuff, they uh, to change a bunch of stuff, they didn't really have time. Yeah, and absolutely. I think in a lot of ways that helped because it is just a a better version of the first one. I think all of my. Not all, but a lot of my memories of playing the game versus just, like... Like, I can picture a lot of the levels from one. But when I was playing it recently, a lot of the stuff that I remember doing came from two. And I think that's because they just had time to add more stuff to what worked and take away what didn't work.
1: 100%. Like, I think they wanted to put manuals in the first game, but they didn't have the chance to do that because they were in a rush to get it out. So it was just the most basic stay on the board and do the most basic tricks but then 2 turned into let's make this a little more fun and have you actually really skate
0: and they added like a create a uh, create a, um a skate park i don't remember if they skater. added create a skater i feel like they did um, yeah. but you could buy more stats uh, so the uh, game was you know more customizable in a lot of ways you could give characters multiple yeah. um like special moves and so the game just felt better in your hands in um, again, in every way, it was released on every big system at the time, including N64, which I, I can't imagine how much worse oh it was, probably it, was.
1: it was – my cousins had it, and I tried to play it with them once, and they're like, oh, you used – I was so used to the joystick because of playing games with you all the time. They're like, oh, no, you have to use the D-pad. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, you have to use the D-pad for this game? They're like, yeah. I'm like, no, like that doesn't work. And then like to do the specials, you had to use those little uh, – yellow arrows that are on the other side Mm. so it just never worked right like i could i could never play it with them because they always were playing the n64 64 version so i'm like yeah guys i'll stick to the ps2 ps1 version that works a lot better than this
0: and you know on our wavelength cartridges could never hold as much or as high fidelity of music so you're probably losing a pretty decent chunk of the soundtrack going to going to cartridge um so, yeah, the I feel like the PlayStation version of this is kind of the canon one. It's the one that, if you want to go back to it, play it on an emulator, that is um, 100% the one that you should be playing. Do um, you want to jump right into the music?
1: Uh, before I do, I just want to mention one mm-hmm. thing real quick. Uh, around this time, CKY2K was released, so we're starting to go towards the jackass mm. period of skateboarding, is coming in we're in the, the third wave of it right now we're kind of like still coming into it after the release of the original Tony Hawk game so this is kind of the start of that so we're going to start seeing the stupidity mm. of skateboarding come into frame with uh thanks to Johnny Knoxville and f- company at this point so this is the start kind of the start of that and we'll see more of that as when it gets towards three
0: yeah I think we get uh, Bam Margera in that one if I remember correctly yeah Yep. And
1: you can, yeah, he's a secret character in that
0: one. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see that in this even with like one of the levels being um, like a bullfighting ring and, you know, jumping yeah. over well, holes. It does feel a lot like um, they took some imagery from those videos.
1: The um, bullfighting ring is actually from around this time, Birdhouse videos rele- Birdhouse Skateboards, which is uh, Tony Hawk's company, released a video called The End. And Tony Hawk's part was in an actual bullring and he did a uh, full loop. In that a, essentially a roller coaster loop on a skateboard in a bull in the middle of a bullfighting ring so that's a homage to that ah, well, that's why there's a bullfighting ring in this
0: and that is why we call you the resident tony hawk expert uh because yeah <laughs> i never i would have thought that was some kind of reference to you know giant oxville running away from bulls or something there you go um, no
1: that was that that's what that was
0: all right on to tony hawk's bro skater the soundtrack you would think that they maybe would have blown their entire budget on this first song but I, they probably made so much money off the first one that they had a much, 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 much bigger music budget the second time around. Uh, the biggest song on either of these thus far, Rage Against the Machines, Gorilla Radio. It's, it's definitely an asterisk on this one. It's, it's so big. Everyone knows it. It's it's almost not that interesting to talk about. It's good. It skates well. It's Gorilla Radio. Turn that shit up.
1: And it's actually probably one of the better song, one of the, like the initial starting tracks that you come across when you first turn the game on. And I was like, I remember the first time I played. It, I'm like, Rage Against the Machine, really. And I think I've read somewhere around this the time the game came out that Tony Hawk said like he wanted to to have more of a mixtape feel again. So he went through his personal collection and pulled a stack of CDs and said. Here you go. This is what I want. Let's get going.
0: Yeah, and, and it works. He's got a really good ear for it. There's, like on the first one, spoilers, there's a couple of misses, but I think this one is, you know, more hits and the highs are higher. Yeah, exactly. And the lows are not as low. And the only thing is, um, if, if if you've played this game at home, folks, you know that, or you might not remember, that you only get two minutes. Um, and the song just cuts off at two minutes. Um, it always kind of <laughs> made me a little bit angry that the, the opening of the song goes like, half of your ride. Like, by the time everything kicks in, you're like 45 seconds in, and you don't end up getting too much more of the song than the build-up, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do get the the guitar solo and stuff like that, too, but after that, it's kind of like, yeah, your run's over, have a nice day.
0: And that will come up on a couple of these songs. Well, actually, I, um, you know, most of the songs, I only listened up to two minutes because, you know, I wanted to relive that kind of feeling again, but some of them were good enough that I went on, and others... Uh, were bad enough that I went on and some of them are really some of them really benefit um in hindsight and with nostalgia from just ending at two minutes um, yeah the next song Bad Religion's You There's a place where everyone can be happy it's the most beautiful place in the whole fucking world it's made of candy religion i feel like kind of a band not as many on here but with like
1: you love them or you hate them
0: mxpx and like the vandals that like could really only exist at this time and like no no one no one cares about bad religion post like 2003 i mean i know yeah. there's people out there but they don't care
1: yeah i agree with that i mean this is happier bad religion too bad religion's usually totally anti political somewhat depressing i guess you could even say but this is actually ha- a happier bad religion which is very odd
0: <laughs> happier is pretty relative when there's a line like I don't have the turpentine to clean what you've soiled uh, <laughs> a lot of the uh, and that's something I do want to bring up later on and you're right this is a happier quote unquote bad religion song the the tone of a lot of these songs honestly isn't like fun happy let's go skating like yeah. there's a lot of bummer lyrics yeah. throughout all of this oh yeah um, but I want to get to that a little bit later
1: yeah we'll come across that there is one there is one track yeah.
0: Yep, it's fine. Um, You know, bad religion, very, of 2000. Uh, Anthrax featuring Chuck D, in parentheses, Public Enemy. Not sure why in parentheses. Um, maybe Flava Flav is not there with their remake slash cover of Bring the Noise. Yeah. How low can you go? Death rope? What a the no. Once again, back gets the incredible. Rhyme Animal, the uncannable. Deep! Public Enemy number one. My phone says freeze. freeze! And I got I Dinner, never really, never. But
1: the waste, the no, no, no! no he's no, there. He's I'm there. Uh, I watched a video for this recently, and the Flavor Flav is actually saying in the chorus, "Bring the yeah. noise." So he, so it technically, is Public Enemy, Anthrax, and not not just Chuck D. Yeah,
0: I don't know what's up with how that's labeled on here. You know, this doesn't go down so much as a song that more people remember, probably for two reasons. One. Anthrax is, you know, there's they're a niche band. Um, metal yes, very from much. Metal this era is still metal at all times. If you're not like Metallica, um, you know, is is still a niche genre, um, no matter how much you might like it. And this is one of the uh, the quote unquote angrier rap songs. Um, yes. So I, th- from this time at least, when you know your your peers are um, Run DMC, um, so I think this one didn't. <laughs> Basically what I'm directly comparing this to is um, Aerosmith and Run DMC's cover remake of Walk This Way. Yes. I think the disappointment is that this is not more popular in my mind because this is the White Rockers covering the rap artist song, whereas the other one is the rap artists covering the rock song. I think this is more important for a lot of reasons in the long term. And I mean, you know... A million times the better song because of its non-relation to Aerosmith
1: oh absolutely um the other thing I like about this one is that you get Scott Ian actually rapping on the track which is quite hilarious at times because you don't think this guy with this long goatee can actually have the chops to keep up with Chuck D but he gets in there and you can see in the music video which I have watched the look on Chuck D's face is like wait what how is this possible
0: and the and he, yeah he's really not that bad at it. Um, and I think that comes down to them being genuinely, like, big fans of Public Enemy and the original song. They do this song with a lot of deference. I think this is this to me seems like more of a genuine collaboration than the one I mentioned previously.
1: Yeah, it feels like um, Chuck D found that they were uh, doing it, and he said, "Hey, I want to be involved with this. It's my song. What do I have to do to get it?" in on it, and Ian Scott just looked at him and said, just come in, we'll do it, and they did it, and it turned out to be one of the better songs in the game's soundtrack too.
0: Yeah, I do really love when that happens, though (laughs) You know, because of now and again Prime's uh, relation to covers recently. Um, The last two songs before this that I've seen where the original artist came in for the cover was some dick-ass cover of Jessie's Girl by a band that no one remembers, I don't even remember, where he showed up for a minute. Maybe only in the video. Maybe he wasn't actually on the track. And um, Newfound Glory's cover of Stay by Lisa Loeb, which he just shows up for. And, I mean, there's a great example of just listen to the original. Nothing is added to it. Uh, This is an example of a cover where so much is added to it. It's like it hits all of the right cover stuff. It's different but similar. It's bringing something new to the table. Great cover. I wish I remembered it when we were talking about covers previously on the show. Um, it's great, so, and I love it, and I'm glad uh, it's back in my mind.
1: Definitely, me as well. It's one of the tracks that I actually remember hearing in the game, saying, "Oh, this track, oh, here we go."
0: Yeah, like you can fucking—it's right at the beginnings of the the level, so you can like you can uh, like jump off of things. Some of these levels start at like high points, like you're leaping off buildings to yeah, boy, <laughs> and it kind of rules just as hard as the opening of um of Gorilla Radio does. Yep. Powerman 5000 when and worlds you know. collide. Now this is what it's like when worlds collide. Are you ready to go? 'Cause I'm ready to go. What you wanna do, baby, baby, 'Cause you're going with me. 'Cause I'm going with you. That's
1: the end N.M. My... Rob Zombie's little brother's band, which is somewhat of a surprise to me that Rob Zombie had a little brother, even for that matter.
0: It's surprising to me that he has a family, even considering how all of these movies are about like a horrible redneck family that gets murdered
1: yeah that's that's the truth uh this one actually i remember i was in eighth grade when the uh album that this is song is on came out and i remember like all of my peers saying oh this they're gonna be such a big band they're they're gonna be huge in the next couple of years they're gonna go places this album uh tonight the stars revolt was really their biggest hit and then after that they just kind of disappeared they're still touring though they're still around oh, okay. they've released an album l- last year but they're not like as popular as i thought they were going to be they had an album called um anyone for doomsday it was supposed to drop around september 11th but the record label said we're not dropping this right now and it never got released after that
0: oh yeah that uh that thing stopped some albums from coming out. Didn't stop the Bouncing Souls, How I Spent My Summer Vacation, from coming out, because that came out a month earlier, and the back cover had its cartoon crushing the World Trade Center, which, which was is, always pretty funny to me.
1: Which is like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Power Man 5000, um, I feel like they're in this kind of category with a couple of bands around this time, like, um, off the top of my head is Static someone who X. Like, wasn't into new metal. Static X. was exactly the first one I was going to. Um, yeah. Drowning pool a little bit. This song kind of reminds yes. me of bodies in some ways, and I think it's got that kind of Yeah. more industrial version of bodies that
1: actually work though.
0: Yeah, and it does kind of still have like when when you said that it was Rob Zombie's brother, I knew that at some point in my life cuz that wasn't like a shock to me, but I didn't remember that right now like off the top of my head.
1: The other thing about it that I like about him, Spider is his name on it. I forget his real name. Yeah, he actually did uh, a couple years ago he did the MTV show called Death Valley which was the zombie and vampire cops sh- cops meets cops show. Jesus, okay. I don't know if, I don't know if you don't remember it wow like no. Uh, this was around 2009 or 2010 and MTV was trying scripted series because they had the fan base for it. So he pitched the idea to them and they said, "All right, let's go for it and see what happens." It lasted I think maybe 12 episodes, and then they're like, yeah, uh, your ratings are shit, so we're not going to go move forward with the, f- with the show.
0: Yeah, I could see MTV trying to cash in on the Walking Dead thing with a with a fucking discount version of it. But, that makes a lot of sense, but, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like this, with Rob Zombie himself, there's a little bit of a disconnect between how I interpret his music and how I interpret his movies, okay? Yes. Um, bear with me here. I feel like his songs... Dracula being one of the best songs of this genre. I feel like his songs have a sense of humor to them while still having that grimy dirtiness whereas his movies just go full on into that like white trash zombie aesthetic and there's almost no sense of humor to it and it fails on almost every conceivable level except I will say for Lords of Salem which is fantastic but you know Broken Clock Theory.
1: Yeah. Um, the other thing about Rob Zombie is that he is has a very big sense of humor, too, like you said. Uh, I think after um, – right around this time this song came out, he did a video for his song, Never Gonna Stop, and it was basically a Clockwork Orange, like right down to oh, okay. the recreation of the set. And, like, you just have this feel. Like, you can see him staring at the camera saying, yeah, we're going there, but I'm going to have fun with it, and – He didn't recreate shot for shot, but just like the fact that they started with a close up on his face and then zoomed out and then you saw all the fertility statues that are in A Clockwork Orange essentially, but his version of it was just like, all right, like Zombie has a sense of pop culture and humor here. So
0: it works. Oh, he has a deep reservoir of references to make. His movies, I mean, that's not a surprise because his movies kind of are strict remakes of other things, even when they're not like Halloween I would argue that House of a Thousand Corpses is a closer remake to Texas Chainsaw Massacre than like Halloween is to Halloween oh, um, I he, will 100% even even agree Lord of Salem that. which I liked he's pulling a lot from um, you know Rosemary's Baby and movies of that kind and though I don't like I said I don't like his movies I think the first Halloween is is an absolute abomination he's at least doing some and like I root for him even though I think like he's never really pulled through for me other than Lords of Salem, but his 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 songs do have that sense of humor. Um, I feel like this doesn't take itself that seriously either, which is why I appreciate something like Bodies. Um, yep. This song works. The two minutes that it is in the game fit really well. And, uh, yeah, it's so far I think we're 4-for-4 four four on songs that are just, uh, you know, at least work in the game and 3-for-4 on quality songs that's not going to stay the same like that, but uh, yeah, like it's, it's, gonna get there. it's already... It's already probably, by the numbers, a better soundtrack than the last one.
1: Yes, absolutely, 100%. I agree with that.
0: So the next one is Naughty by Nature's Pin the Tail on the Donkey.
1: Jersey's finest hip-hop right here
0: out of of East Orange. I actually had to look it up last night because I was trying to remember where they were from here's what I was kind of hinting at talking about before. I think the inclusion of hip-hop here is greatly to the benefit of the added street-style gameplay because there is, like, a beat and a rhythm to what you have to do in the street style of playing where you're jumping from grind to grind and doing the manuals and balancing it and jumping to another. Um, There is a rhythm to that, and I think the hip-hop beats, like... They just, they just lend to the feel of that so much more than anything on the last soundtrack did. Which the rock stuff works for like when you're in the vert pipes and you're like launching up in the air and doing a, like a 360 900 somehow because the game is just that cartoony at this point. Um, but that stuff really lends to the quote unquote technical aspect of the game that this has, and I think it's a brilliant addition. I don't yes. think it's just for demographics.
1: Oh no, absolutely not! Um, hip hop and skateboarding actually go hand in hand. At this time frame, there are a lot of skaters who are very much in hip hop. One of them is in the game Chad Muska. He is a very big hip hop personality. I think he actually even tried to drop a rap album like a few <laughs> years a few years ago, but it kind of like said they kind of looked at him and said, "Yeah, it's just it's skateboarding." But the aesthetic of hip hop goes hand in hand with skateboarding as well. There was a time where big baggy clothes were the norm for skateboarding like you would have oversized shirts uh, jeans that would hang below your waist and that and big chunky shoes to go with it that looked like basketball sneakers and that was the whole thing at this time was that was the big thing so if you watch a video from like 99 to I want to say about 2004 you're going to see hip hop and you'll also hear it as well like you'll hear a lot of obscure hip hop like Aesop Rock uh, Naughty by Nature and a lot of mainstream stuff, too. Like, I think there's a video from the 90s. I forget who it is. Somebody's actually skating to Juicy by Notorious B.I.G., and it just works so well.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. I, uh, it does It does work really well, and it was sorely lacking from, from the last one. The last one, I feel like it tried to go... The first one, I feel like it was an issue of demographics, and they, they picked a lot of those songs for what they felt the people who would play a Tony Hawk Pro Skater video game would listen to. And I know that you said that Tony Hawk picked picked it out of his own discography and, like, made a mixtape. But I feel like whoever had the final say at that point kind of went, you know, no, 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 here's the ones that'll work. And this one, maybe he had more control and was able to... And, and I guess in some ways maybe it was demo when they saw how fucking many units the first one sold. But either way, the addition of, of rap songs in this is so welcome.
1: This is out of time, too. We are in the early 2000s, so... Um, street culture is starting to bleed into skate culture a little bit here and there, or and vice versa. So you're starting to see um, brands like Nike are starting to st- are starting to try to get into skateboarding. They aren't there yet. It will take a couple years, but right now they do have a brand called Savior S A I V E R it's spelt and they're trying to get into the market, but they can't get in. And the brand I think lasted about two years before it was discontinued.
0: And it's also like the, the suburbanization of skateboarding has happened too, which must have lended so much to the success of the first one because I was, I was thinking about it. I have memories of skateboarding stuff being popular among my peers, and it must be before this game came out because if it came out in 99... Hmm, wait, no. If it came out in December of
1: 99... Yeah, Tony, the, no, the that original? Yes. Yeah, that uh, would have put, me, is, in, that no, put me in eighth
0: grade. So I have memories of skateboarding being very suburban, um, with things like um the little fingerboards. Like I had one of those, but yes, I had yep, one of those in yep. like fifth grade. So skateboarding was a really big thing before this game came out, which like I didn't think worked out. I thought this game came and then yes. everyone was into skateboarding. It wasn't that case. And then I also remember Um, Do you remember those shoes that had like a plate on the bottom of them? And it told people like... The soap shoes? It it was like, hey, you can grind on things now. But like, no, you actually can't. We're just like stealing $80 from your parents.
1: Yes, the soap shoes. They were called Soap, the company. They are, I think up until a couple years ago, they were out there. But they have since disappeared. And I did a Google search out of them, recently out of them, just to see if they were around. And the company doesn't exist. It does, the internet nostalgia does acknowledge they exist, but aren't in production anymore for lack of better words
0: we are going to make a we don't know anything about coding but we're going to make like a one dollar steam game where it's one level of like a terrible tony hawks pro skater style game but you can only your character can only either wear soaps or wheelies and they have to go (laughs) through the level like that it'll pay it'll pair really well with the razor scooter game that actually existed for some reason um Speaking of things that actually existed for some reason, cut my life into pizzas. It's Papa Roach with Blood Brothers. Watch your back the next man is and you don't know the next man is, the Blood is my veins I got the power This song really benefits from only hearing two minutes of it because it's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, I will agree with that. This was it was a decent track for the game, but for a popper, It's still a Pop road track. Mm-hmm. Decent for two minutes, 100%, but other than that, there's nothing
0: special about it. It's like... It reminds me of the kind of song that would be on Guitar Hero 1. Like, speaking of games that, you know, strict, strict upgrades from 1 to 2, it'd be on, like, Guitar Hero 1 because it was all they could afford at that time was covers. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is a cheap song that has a good riff. We'll, like, slam this in the middle that, you know, no one will remember it, but they get to play it. Like, that's what this song reminds me of. It's, uh, it's It's, like... Um, B-Level released after two years, never got above the mid-card WWE wrestler-ass fucking song.
1: Yeah, one of those. It's like, I mean, I when I saw it pop up in the when I was making the list, I'm like, oh, God, this track.
0: I definitely remembered it. I didn't know it was Papa Roach, though. Um, not that it changed anything yeah. for me.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was decent for two minutes, and that was it.
0: Right after I just crazed the addition of hip-hop to this, we get the high and mighty featuring most deaf and mad skills, b-boy documents. pitiful, space I just don't think this works, this kind of chill hop tone beat. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a little t- too laid back for the, the game.
1: Yeah, it's a boom bap, boom bap hip hop, -hop, so it doesn't really work that well for this game, but it's, I think it's West Coast, because I really haven't had a chance to look at them, but the only good thing about it that stands out in my mind is the most deaf feature, Mm. which is like probably the best thing about the song.
0: I could see it working maybe on that Venice level for that reason alone, but um, it just, you know, it's not a bad song, just the pace of the game. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Consumed with heavy metal winner. this song entirely and honestly yeah. I didn't even super remember it until we got to the chorus Um, again another song you know it's it's there for two minutes and you're out it's not that offensive
1: yeah it's not, did nothing for me mm-hmm. I, I looked I heard it I'm like yeah this was a song I kind of skipped this Um, other feature that they added to this game was they gave you the ability to skip the tracks in game this way you didn't have to restart your run every time to
0: find the song you wanted yeah that definitely led to me like um hitting that like six or seven times in a row to get to the, the six or seven songs that I really, really loved. The real improvement would come eventually. I think I think one of the Madden games or one of the WWE games did this where you can just you just had a, um, a jukebox and you just turn on songs or turn off all of the songs except the one if yeah. you wanted to. And that, that would end up being um, a huge improvement as well. The Dub Pistols with Cyclone. You know what I don't miss between this song and, and um, that most deaf song? Um, I don't miss when songs just had, like, record scratches in them all over the place. That's, yeah. that's just a sound. I know I sound like an old man here, but, like, there's a reason we don't hear them anymore outside of, like, 2004. They don't add yeah. a fucking thing but noise to a track.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's actually a traditional B-boy DJing and uh, hip-hop original hip-hop, so there's a link to that there, but it's just not that good for the game, especially like it doesn't make sense to have that in a song nowadays, especially with this one. This is actually late 90s, early 2000s hip-hop as well, but it doesn't really work for the style of hip-hop that's kind of coming out. We're five years away from the second wave of gangster rap coming out, and it's this weird time frame where rap is trying to capitalize on something, but they can't find it, so... You're getting the old school uh sounds coming in all the time with this and this is one of the examples of that
0: and this also I feel like the production and even the sample on this it's almost like it's almost like a fat boy slim song with just rap verses over it and it's repetitive and it's boring and you know i I get the the you know the, the scratch being part of of that early hip-hop movement and i I get that totally but it really like when white boys threw it in their rap rock like i always think of um fuck is it is it pardon me by incubus that just has the most inexplicable yes 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 what the fuck is that in that song
1: that's gonna come up on a now in a couple of a couple of episodes i think i think it's on one of the nows i'm not entirely sure though
0: it's 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 so so out of place and there's um you know that's that's a sound that Will be around both at this time and now, Prime, which I think is still four or five years ahead. Uh, I think we're in 2004 or 2005 while this is being recorded. And uh, yeah, that's, that's on its way out, but it's still used a little too uh, liberally. The Swingin' Utters, that's a band with five lessons learned. Five
1: lovely lessons learned today. In my with the day. the way. I don't remember this song. Like, if <laughs> I heard it. I'm like, this was in the game? Like, really?
0: Yeah, I vaguely remember the riff. It's fine. It does its it does its thing. Um, no one cares about the swing and utters anymore, except uh, their lead singer. I'm glad he uh, he finally learned to sing because that that last me first and the give me Gimme's albums. Actually, uh, I never thought I'd say this, but genuinely good.
1: Uh, styles uh, styles beyond of of beyond. Excuse me, subculture.
0: Yeah, it's like being in a position to get yourself linch. Attack with the sick ass twelve inch, the metal blade seven a cut by the kick and click was happening. This is how we took over the atlas. Fun to begin a lone rapper stole the song cactus. What why know what the fact is? Galactic arachnids coming with killer venom attachments. Action the words rip quick draw.
1: Uh, this is actually one of those songs that is just there for that two minute reason. It's um you'll know these guys, um, the two guys, Tac and Ryu are their names from that. Fort Minor project that Mike Shinoda, Lincoln Park did. Oh yeah. They're a guest on their first, yeah, the first single off that album. They're the two rappers who are featured on that song, so you get them in there. So this is kind of like their start of that. They've been around since like the late '80s, and they've been just putting out stuff. And thanks to this particular, thanks to the track I mentioned, they got noticed and they had a little bit of a following for a while there, uh, well, a year, a couple of years ago, but. This song is an older one of their tracks, which is actually—it's not half bad, but it's just one of those two-minute songs.
0: Well, at least when they go to Fort Minor, they'll—they'll they'll give a hundred percent reason to remember the name instead of just like you know, twenty or thirty, and you know, fifty percent concentrated power of will instead of twenty-five. That's a <laughs> oh god, really stupid joke. I'm sorry. Literally the only thing I know about that. Yeah, band and is that's a terrible verse. Um, next, um, oh good. Melon Collins, no cigar. I you who you are. I you that you're close, but no cigar. This soundtrack to me, both in quality of song, how well it holds up, and how well it fits in the tone of the game, I I think it just edges out Gorilla Radio because I think this is with Goldfinger's Superman from the last one is like it, its tone and what it's doing and its sound is fucking anthemic for what this game is.
1: It's it's, a, it's an Outcast song. There, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about this when I was walking around the mall today. Uh Tell us where you're from. Where you're from. What two and two becoming? We'll say if you're okay. That's the popular kids egging on this new kid into school essentially, and then the outcasts come in and just take them. Say, hey, come with us. You don't belong with them. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is this is one of the songs along with uh, Lagwagons, May 16th, which we'll get to shortly. They they are kind of fun, upbeat songs, but they are songs for the outcast. And even though, like we were kind of saying. The suburbanization of of skateboarding is happening like it's still I mean especially now but even then like really if you were really into it which I mean I was not um, it still was niche even though it was the biggest it okay. had ever been.
1: Since the recession back in 2008 the skateboarding scene has gone more DYI now again mm-hmm. so it's a little more smaller and more like non commercial commercialized there is still stuff here and there that will pop up, but it's not as bad as it was around this time because a lot of kids have moved away from it yeah, it's now more uh they're doing less demos and stuff like that too from what i understand i I'm not seeing a lot of people going around the country skateboarding and signing stuff nowadays, but it's just gotten cut back to a point and now it's a little bit better from what I hear apparently. It is going to be Olympic sport in 2020, so we'll see what happens when that happens.
0: Yeah, I mean I feel like I'm kind of shocked it isn't already between how quickly they slammed in snowboarding to the winter stuff and maybe I'm actually completely wrong about how this timeline works. Um, but I feel like even that was like formulated yeah closer to when skateboarding was in it's like it's like height.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of push. Uh, against it because the skateboarding community didn't want it to become an Olympic sport because it's going against what everybody likes, and like what the what the scene, as I guess you could say, stands for. Well, yeah, I mean, so if, a lot
0: of the if any sport was going to be against joining like an extremely corrupt committee and having it dictate rules over it, I feel like you know skateboarding and yeah. uh, I don't know maybe Is bowling that? might be it.
1: <laughs> yeah, the biggest problem that I'm gonna see coming up, and I notice for a fact because I do know um, a lot of a lot of my um, college friends and stuff like that. There, I was friends with a lot of skateboarders and people from high school. A lot of them are big uh, smokers, essentially. So, is the is the uh, doping committee gonna allow the threshold to increase, <laughs> or are you going to have to stop smoking altogether during the Olympic?
0: I didn't even think about that. You should have to be high to skate. It should be required.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of um, I know. Also, there's this one kid. His name is Naija Houston. Mm-hmm. That's his actual name. And he is a Rastaforian. No dread. He's since cut off his dreadlocks. But I know I've seen and heard stories of people saying, oh, yeah, I've smoked with him before. I'm like, well, that's going to be interesting if he tries to go to the Olympics. I mean, if
0: he's genuinely Rasta and not just one of the people who has a Bob Marley poster in his room, then that's fucking his religion.
1: Yeah, he um from what I understand, he I read a story about him a couple of years ago. He he lived on a farm like outside of LA with his parents and the mother got fed up with it and said I have to get out of here and she basically took her four three kids including Nija and just left and they never had TV, they never knew what internet the internet was and stuff like that so this was like a real experience for him coming off the farm and away from what he was raised in too which was like a total 180 i actually met him a few years ago and i was talking to him about it and he's like yeah like it's it's a new world it's a new life for me Basically, he went to
0: the x games for his rumspringer yeah Life featuring Black Planet out with the old uh, rap rock uh, pass for me
1: yeah this was this was pretty that, that was a pretty bad song I it really did nothing for me like I think this was one of the ones I would skip when it came up
0: Black Wagons May 16. no more waiting on them as you rise inside your rooms it's official don't celebrate lag wagon day every may 16th and listen to the song you're no friend of mine
1: <laughs> i actually have um a really good live version from this website called day trotter i was a member of it for a while there and i downloaded a bunch of their tracks and this was actually one of the sets i got the live version is what's not still on my ipod to this day and it every may 16th i just play it
0: and i blast it as loud as i can and i've gotten some looks from some people like what the heck this song um Again, uh, not as not quite as tonally accurate as Mel Collins' No Cigar to me, but still good. It has a good double kick beat. It's affected me a little bit more as an adult who, you know, as a kid, you're not really paying, you know... Like I think we kind of talked about this with Superman. You're not really paying attention to the, the lyrics very much. You're like, oh, it's just another Saturday. Yes. This is a fun song about getting high and hanging out with your friends on a Saturday. Um, I, I, from what I understand, this song is about um, the lead singer. He was living across the street from a church and one Saturday he looked outside to see one of the people that he thought was a really good friend and his group of friends, like like getting married and him realizing that he was just like completely excluded from someone who he thought was a great friend's like entire life. Um, and that's, that's pretty fucking brutal.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, it, and the uh, no more waiting on them as you mm-hmm. rot inside your room is like pretty much like saying, Oh God, I've waste, i have
0: I've been disillusioned with this group mm. of people I've known. What's what am I gonna do now? Yeah, it's it's definitely a song kind of like Superman again, uh, and even though Cigar in some ways kind of a song about like acknowledging your age and like maturing and growing up, and you know maybe Tony Hawk wasn't at the time purposely saying I'm going to be putting this in in the soundtrack of my games, but you know maybe his brain did. I don't feel like it was entirely you know if not intentional but you know, at least a slightly subconscious.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, and also another song. You know, we've mentioned a couple of songs that if you only know the two minutes or you haven't revisited this game and these songs in some time, this is definitely, definitely one of the ones that's worth revisiting. Uh, really good song. Last one, Fu Manchu, Evil Eye. <laughs> No recollection of this by name. Um, kind of remember it from yeah. that Bret Hart-esque uh, entrance song intro, uh, but I—it's—it's it's there. It's a two-minute in and out. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I don't remember much about this one either. Mm-hmm. I listened to it last night. I'm like, this is in the game, and I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah, um, there's one song on here. I can't even remember which one it is. It might be the, I think it is a swing nutter song. That is. Less than two minutes long, and I always remembered, like, if you played that track, you would just, like, for the last five seconds, you were just kind of sitting in silence.
1: Yeah, it had a little bit of a... I, think, I forget, I think it was this one of the Swing and Utters track, that it had a little bit longer of an extended, like, guitar riff at the end of it, so it could get the full two minutes. <laughs>
0: but, yeah, I forget which like, one it was now. I feel like I played this game enough that, and the first one, too, especially with Superman, um, where just at a certain point, even when casually listening to the song, like, I, I hear the countdown at, like, a minute fifty the beep start at yeah.
1: like 30 seconds and you're like oh god i got to finish
0: it's just it's just part of the game now along with that like skateboarding ollie noise or like trying to fucking grind up the wall to smash those bells which i fucking still could not do playing it <laughs> nearly 20 years later that was the hardest part
1: that i actually picked up uh i have pro skater 5 and i tried to wall ride something in the game, and I'm like, Christ, I'm still as bad as I thought I was years ago with it.
0: <laughs> we're we're terrible at video games at this point. We just, yeah. I've tried to play a couple of games um, online that like children are also playing, and it's it's just it's just embarrassing. And being called a racial slur by a 13 year old is not fun for so many reasons.
1: I actually played something with my cousin one time, and his group of friends were in. In the same game as us, and they kept they kind of calling me a motherfucker. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is the first time I'm playing this game. Christ!
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I, <laughs> yeah, we suck now. like um, you stupid,
1: motherfucker? I'm oh like, I give up.
0: So, um, I this was in the related videos when I was uh, going through the, the soundtrack, and there was one of those like kids react videos where I think that's like a fucking just intellectually bereft genre. Just like put shit in front of people and film them It's just, and make millions of dollars off it. Fuck you for in, even inventing that yeah. and yeah, I hate those people. Um, but anyway, I, like an idiot, I watched one of them so I gave them a, you know, a quarter of a cent uh, but it was kids, teens today play Tony Hawk 2 and oh. they didn't talk about the music at all. They didn't ask them about the music at all but once they kind of like got the hang of the controls, they genuinely enjoyed the game. I think that is a really telling sign of how much this holds up that kids who like all they know is fucking blasting Lil Xan and doing lean um and I don't know playing the knockout game. Uh, love like it still enjoy <laughs> I Tony Hawk terrible.
1: too, at least it's not the baby bash.
0: uh, yes, these kids are doing the baby bash. It's a great out smash <laughs> um, any last thoughts about Tony Hawk? T-
1: no, nah, um, I mean, this was the game that kind of pushed skateboarding into the mainstream a little more. One was <laughs> that game exactly. Uh, but this kind of pushed it more into it, and you'll start to see in the next couple of years, um, you'll start to see things like I had to th- and I had to think of a, I had to see when I had to look up what year it was to see if how close how close we are to it. Um, there is a big trend of extreme sport movies that come out in the next couple of oh, really? years. Yeah, so we're three years away from this movie called Grind, um, which the logline is four skaters follow their idol on his summer tour to attempt to get noticed, get sponsored, and become stars themselves. So, we're three years away from that happening.
0: Um, Sounds like Crossroads for Skater Boys.
1: Yeah, I think we're a year away from... What the fuck is the name of that movie?
0: Uh, Most Vertical Primate, perhaps? There's no rules that say a dog can't be in the X Games.
1: (laughs) Well, that came out too. I had to look up... uh, Of course, now I can't find it. I can't remember the title of it, but we're there's this whole push coming in uh for extreme sports uh to be mainstream. The X Games are going to start to get more and more into that. You're going to see you'll see a lot more coverage like during this time frame it was only ESPN, but now you'll see ABC start to pick it up. Uh but that's pretty much the start of it. And then in the next couple of, the next uh month or so, we're going to when this game is re- released, Jackass was on the horizon. So we're going to see that come in and that's going to get absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: Every dumb preteen movie starring fucking Frankie Munez will have a scene where he like grabs a skateboard and escapes or chases somebody on a skateboard for a couple of minutes.
1: Yes. And I found the name of the movie, Out Cold. Never I had no idea. It's pretty bad. Um yeah, it's pretty bad. This is a movie, uh the log line is a snowboarder's plans to get his own snowboard park go awry when his ex girlfriend returns to a the town oh boy it's set in color i think colorado but it was pretty bad um i love
0: a good boobs and ski comedy from the 80s the
1: yeah that's pretty much the ones uh the two biggest names in this movie besides lee majors the six million dollar man are zach galifianakis and thomas and
0: Lyon. that's wow that's a young so both of you. them too
1: that tells you yeah this is 2001
0: yeah, i don't so. want to watch this now <laughs> um but everyone knows the best extreme sports movies it's pretty
1: ninjas. it's pretty cheesy yeah, this is probably going to be your best extreme sports movie to watch if you're going to watch one, but it's it's uh, bad, I mean, for the time frame, but it's it's probably going to be your best bet at this point because after that, it just goes south really fast with the extreme sports I couldn't even
0: begin to name one. Yeah,
1: Grind was the only other one, but this isn't bad, though. Like I said, alcohol's pretty – it's kind of comical, but you get those two big names and it kind of makes up for it.
0: got to say, I know it's next year, but – I'm looking at the Tony Hawk 3 soundtrack and uh, not looking forward to it. I feel like we're peaking here, but the legacy of Tony Hawk lives on. I mean, the Madden games, the WWE games, a lot of games in general will come to have, like, a real soundtrack after this. And this is really—maybe uh, Jet Set Radio beat Tony Hawk 1 by, like— a hair but that still wasn't the same you know style or genre of music this is really the the granddaddy of the soundtrack games and i think those you know the those games that are still doing this owe a lot and a lot of bands probably owe a lot to what this game and the soundtrack oh, did wow yeah i'm looking over it real quick there is a lot
1: of there's a lot of gems on here and there's a lot of what the fuck
0: yeah, that one's all I'm over the place well. We will see in next yeah. year on that, Jarrett. Where can people find you? And what uh, what other Cage Club shows can people find you on?
1: I've been on yours, and I've been on Watch the Throne. Yes. I was on the Italian Job episode, which let's not even go there with how <laughs> fun that movie is. For lack of better words, I'll, I'll be polite. Uh, and that's really it. You can find me at at Jarrett Brown on Twitter. My my name one word. Uh, That's J-A-R-R-E-T-T and brown light the color, just in case. And I'm not the quarterback for the whatever team he is nowadays. He's a football player who played for West Virginia way back (laughs) at this time frame. So don't follow him.
0: (laughs) He's also not um, former WWE professional wrestler Jeff Jarrett.
1: (sighs) Unfortunately, I'm not. (laughs)
0: Uh, All right. Well, that was Tony Hawk 2. I got nothing else to say. I think I made this joke the first time and it failed. Let's see if I do it again. We'll catch on the kickflip side.
1: (laughs) That's terrible. It's
0: just another Saturday. It's just another Saturday.